freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Salk. Brock Ewart is my hero. Jay Buter just punched me in the kidney. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports. Oh, we're going to do you a minute. It doesn't really work that way, Sherm. This is a show that has my name it's on it. Nice. It kind of does, though. Brought to you by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Now, here are your hosts, Brock Ewart and Mike Salk. Hello! Hello, here we go. It is Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com, and the Seattle Sports app. All the podcast platforms, hope you're doing well. Hope you had a great Memorial Day weekend. I hope it's not too painful waking up today to get back to work. More, you were in yesterday. You and Lefko doing the show. Where'd you guys sit? Who uh, sat where? Lefko sat in your seat. Okay. I sat. Where, sat over there. Where Stacy and G sit when they uh-huh. come in, yeah. How was that? It was fun. Is that a good seat? You don't feel awkward <laughs> sitting in that seat? Let's... Oops, sorry. It feels weird to be in the other room in general. Like, I just, I was like, so this is what it's like on the other <laughs> side of the glass. Was it good? Bright lights. How'd it go? Tell me about it. I mean, I think it was good. It's hard to judge, like, yourself. But I, I was just most, mostly worried for my first time, you know. Like, I, t- I talk during the show, but right. it's, I've never talked for a full three Does hours. Does it feel so different sitting over there? I was there? mostly worried there was just going to be a point where I went completely blank, and that didn't happen, so. That, that's not going to happen. you got <laughs> too much good. to say. Now, were you as mean to Lefko as you often are to me, or do you guys have more of a friendly relationship about? on the air? <laughs> I just wasn't sure. Like, do you still sort of, you know, get under his skin and, you know, no, all that? Because, or he's... because he wanted to do a normal rank, and oh, we talked about food. Oh, well, oh, you, did you rank food? Uh Yes. What kind of food? Food food related for Memorial Day cookout food. Memorial Day cookout food. What was number one? The hot dog? Well, we each did our top five. Oh, okay. Ours were like pretty similar except for reverse. Like I put all the, stacked all the carbs at at the top and Mm. the bottom five of, or bottom of my top five was meat and his was reversed, which is probably more like most people, but I'm not that much of a carnivore. He had corn on the cob on his list though. And I said that. My, like, vanity won't let me do that at a public barbecue because mm. you get it all in your teeth. Your teeth. Unless I can, like, go floss in someone's restroom or right. something. Right. Well, that's like. a Stelton move right there. I mean, Stelton <laughs> brings his floss with him wherever he goes. He's always ready for that. Other than that, we had a pretty similar list. Good. All right. Well, glad you guys were here yesterday. Thank you for uh, for jumping on and, and uh, providing a little morning content for the people who were, uh, you know, doing whatever they do on Memorial Day. Uh, it was a glorious weekend, man. That is about as good as it gets. And I just, I had a blast when... For an awesome hike up north. You ever been to Darrington, Justin? That seems like your kind of place. Is that on Highway 20? Uh, I don't know if that's Highway 20. I know, I know I've know. i been to Darrington. It's sort of just north of Arlington. Yeah, sounds right. Okay. Beautiful up there. Went to the old Salk River. Okay. Spelled very similar to... S-A-U-K? S-A-U-K. Yeah, similar to my name. But... Salk at the Salk? Yeah, that's right. The Salks went to the Salk. Are you massaging your face right now? Yeah, I got some sort of a jaw <laughs> issue going on. I don't know what this is. I got Uh-oh. a... Like a back of the ear jaw thing. You don't have Brock today. Are you going to be able to pull through? I don't know. Well, apparently, if I can't, you'll just sit over here and the world <laughs> will uh, continue to turn as normal. I'll be happy well, to Morris gotta, take m- myself no, out. Morris can jump into the main room now, which is proof we know that works. I know. So, yeah, maybe I won't be here. After, give me an hour or so and I'll just take off. Ah, uh, yes, I have been to Darrington. I remember that. Yeah, that seems Just like before Highway 20 on 530. Well, it was beautiful up there. Woodenville on Saturday was great. It was just, a, just an awesome weekend. Mariners... You know, until last night, such a bummer that last night went the way it did because it was it was kind of shaping up to be one of those come back in, talk about the triumphant run that the Mariners are on, right? And everything's going in the right direction. It, it reminded me of one of those great baseball truisms, which is that this game, probably more than any other, is not linear. Baseball's just not, no matter how much you want it to be, baseball's not linear. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Other sports can be much more so where there's sort of a direct path from point A to point B. Baseball doesn't really have that. It, it, it has twists and turns. And I think about a couple of teams that I've watched that I think have gotten jolts from a specific moment. Right. So, I mean, last year is a perfect example. Right. I, I really and truly believe that the Mariners got a specific jolt from their brawl with the with the Angels. I also think, if we remember back, that they, didn't they lose the next day? Pretty sure they did. They know they lost that game. And I'm pretty sure they lost the next day before going out on a run. That happens. Baseball's not linear. You can get the jolt you need and still lose the next day or the day after that or whenever it is. Because one pitcher is bad or one pitcher is great because one guy can completely control a game of baseball in one game and it makes it not linear. So I, you know, we've been wondering whether or not that moment was coming for this year's Mariners team. Was there going to be that one great moment that sort of turns everything and gets this team moving in the right direction? The team that we were promised, the team that, that, that we all believe the expectations are, are there for. And maybe... Maybe Sunday was that game. The pitch to Gino. Swung on. A rocket to left field. Absolutely mashed. See you later. Walking off Gino. Three-run blast, and the Mariners have won it. They've taken the game. They've taken the series. Gino! home plate every teammate waiting for him as he looks to the sky his arms wide and he is pummeled at home plate the celebration is on yeah i heard that live actually i was driving on uh, on sunday when that occurred listened to a lot of that game on the radio rick and gary kind of going back and forth and uh ended up hearing the end of it just felt like if sesedo got out of the jam in the in the in the ninth 10th, 10th, yeah, that they would win. I said to Heather, I was like, if they get out of this, they win the game. Well, if they're going to get out of this. And he did, obviously, gets the three strikeouts that he needed uh, in the 10th to strand the runners. And I just felt like if that was the case, they would find a way to win the game. Man, I had a weird feeling on that. Well, you weren't there to see it, but the momentum felt like it shifted when I'm spaced on his name. uh, Center fielder for the Pirates smashed smashed into the wall to catch the, the last out. I was like, oh, no. That just gave me like the baseball gods. Being you know, like, eh. I, I think it was just like, hey, J.P. Crawford on second base, and then you've got France, Julio, and Kelma coming up. Like, I just, I felt like that was going to be a win in that moment. And you get your first walk off of the year. It's Suarez, obviously, with the huge home run, and then you get out and get absolutely destroyed the next day. Right. Like, I mean, you just get whacked around the building. Bryce Miller's got nothing right from the opening jump. You could just tell it wasn't his night. He got through the first. But as soon as the second, it just bang, bang. Like, oh, this is not going to be good. And and baseball is not linear. So you can come out and win the next couple of games. And maybe that is still the moment that drives this team and kind of gets them into gear. Maybe it's not. Right. I mean, maybe it turns out that was just one walk off win and every team has a couple of them over the course of the year. And it doesn't mean much. We're still sort of waiting to find out when this team is planning to hit the gas. But you're now one third of the way through the season. We're one third of the way through and over 500. You are, but you're one. But you're still not quite playing at the rate that you were. Yeah. Right. If that that walk off was a moment for them, like you think it could have been, 
what do they need to do over this series with the Yankees and then the Rangers? How do, what do they need to come out of that with in order for well, I'd start like, with, to not ruin that moment, right. that being the moment? I mean, I think the first thing they need to do is hit Judge right in the back. Let's start there. <laughs> Let's drill that guy right Jeez. between the numbers in the back oh. and start start there. I, I've got some thoughts on Aaron Judge a little bit later. I think he's like the devil spawn of Derek Jeter and Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> like if you combined those two guys into one super villain. I think you'd get Aaron Judge. But those guys were actually hateable. I don't really think he's as hateable. I don't get that from him. Justin. I, I understand what he's done. Justin. And who he is as a baseball Justin. player. But Stop he is it. not as unlikable as those guys were. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you on that <laughs> okay. one. We can uh, discuss maybe a little bit deeper later. But um, I just start by drawing him in the back. You got, what, six games against the Yankees and, and Rangers? I mean, look, I mean, I don't want to keep saying 500 is okay because, like, at some point you got to start doing more than 500. So I guess I'll say you really want to go four and two over that six-game span, right? And and it's going to be your first trip to Texas, and the Rangers have yet to let up, and they're still playing good ball and kind of beating up on everybody that they should. And the Mariners, for whatever reason, seem to be and, – and I know the record is not bad. What they finish? Like the second-best record in May so far, something like that? I mean, they're doing they're doing well, but it doesn't feel like they've truly pressed pressed the pedal down yet. Like they're just waiting still for that moment where they actually take off and start to make up some ground. But they've left themselves a a plenty of opportunity to do so. They 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 survived the first third of this season. What's the middle third going to be? Can it be more than survival? Can it be actually putting the pressure on the teams around them and doing the things that have made them special the last couple of years? By the way, if Jake Bowers hits like that two years ago, oh, man. Cal Raleigh's not the hero for sending this team to the playoffs. They do it two years ago. Jeez, where was that guy? Yeah, I don't love that. That was that was very frustrating. That's the All right. trend of departed Mariners, right? I know, man. <laughs> and I always liked Jake Bowers before he came here, too. Then he just was not very good when he was here and ends up going elsewhere. I don't think he's done a whole hell of a lot since he's left, but he was uh, pretty good yesterday. All right. Uh, we'll come right back and give you guys everything you need to know. It was a busy sports weekend of condition to everything else. And then, uh, yeah, my jaw hurts. So maybe I'm going to make you guys talk a little bit at 630. We'll see if you guys can uh, hit the phone lines a little bit at 630. It's Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 7. 710seattlesports.com Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. I gotta tell you, and this probably isn't any sort of a huge surprise, but it should be fairly obvious. I really hate the Yankees, and just seeing them out there last night was aggravating, watching them score over and over again. Even worse, they brought out the bats, right? Aaron Judge going deep, not once, but twice. This one was just destroyed. Here's the payoff. Swing, and it's hammered out to the foul pole in left field, screaming, and it hits off of something fair and gone. It was absolutely torched by Judge. I'm not sure if that hit off the foul pole or if it hit off of the facade of Edgar's porch. But it was smoked. First home run Bryce Miller has given up this year. 117 off the bat of Aaron Judge. 378 the distance. And it's a 3-1 Yankees lead. Wow. 
crazy to hit a ball that hard and have it only be 378. It shows you just what a low angle line drive it was because it was, as Aaron said, just completely nuked. 10-4 over and out. That was your final last night. First time we've seen what an ineffective Bryce Miller looks like. Learning experience, obviously, for him. But I think it'll probably put an end to some of those gaudy numbers and never seen before starts uh, to his career. I think that's going to pretty much come to an end. Scott Service on his young pitcher. Bryce, again, locating the fastball was a little bit of an issue. Just didn't have the same life on the fastball that we've seen him have uh, since he's been in the big leagues. Uh, Tried to make an adjustment, tried to get into some more off-speed pitches, get his slider going, curveball going. It just was a rough night for him. That's going to happen once in a while. It happens to the best of them, you know. Um, And I don't want him to to get his head down at all. He'll get the ball again and uh, next turn around, and, and I'm sure he'll make some adjustments there. But they're on him. They're ready for the fastball and they put some good swings on it yeah they did and honestly kind of weird to see the pitching not show up a couple times this weekend right on friday george kirby didn't have it the bullpen didn't have it on saturday no problems on sunday everyone was great until topa kind of didn't have it right and then gives up a couple of runs in the eighth and then yesterday obviously it was bryce miller and Wontan and others so uh i don't know whether that's like little holes and starting to form in the armor here or whether or not they're just a couple of, you know, one-offs and you don't worry about them too much, but certainly something that we'll note moving forward. Game two of the series against the Yankees tonight, Nestor Cortez and Logan Gilbert. By the way, Nestor's come crashing back to earth this year. Got a 5.3 ERA, so maybe an opportunity for them to do a little damage against the lefty, which has been exactly their problem this season. Here's the second thing you need to know. Well, the finals are set in both the NHL and the NBA. We're going to see a couple of Miami teams play for their respective championships. The Heat managed to not be the first team in NBA history to blow a 3-0 lead, although they came darn close. They defeat the Celtics in Boston yesterday in Game 7 and did so fairly handily. They'll meet the Nuggets. Charles Barkley, uh, not sure what to make of those Celtics. Jimmy Butler, first half. Give me your impressions of what he's been able to do. He's got 11. I thought he was good. But I got to say something, man. Why are you dumbass selfish making my head hurt? Ernie, <laughs> let me tell you something. Glad I asked you about Jimmy Butler. I know. I, I, I can't let it go, man. I because know. It's, it's so bad to watch him play. There's no ball movement. There's no body movement. And it's just frustrating watching a team with this much talent just play stupid. <laughs> Why does that happen? Like, everyone knows when you move the ball and when you move your body in basketball, you tend to win more. How do you get a team that's that good and that talented that just doesn't do anything like that? Ever since the Antoine Walker days, the Celtics have had these stretches where they just are like, live by the three, die by the three, when it is not working, and that's what they were doing again last night. Interesting. Antoine. Do a little wiggle. Antoine was kind of fun. Uh, Vegas puts away the Stars as well yesterday. Uh, They will play in their second Stanley Cup final already. Pretty crazy this time against the uh, surprising Florida Panthers. So how about that? Both the Panthers and the Heat, I believe both eight seeds, right, are both going to now play for their respective titles. Here's the third thing you need to know. Let's do a little injury updates. Uh, first, Andres Munoz. Shannon Dreyer saw him at the ballpark yesterday and tweeted, great to see him at T-Mobile. Says the arm is feeling good. Is set to start a rehab assignment in Tacoma, getting closer to a return. Yeah, I would certainly hope so. He's one of those players that they could really use. I don't know whether I liked reading this, though, about Dylan Moore. This from Jen Mueller, who says that uh, he said he's feeling okay. Made a play the other night that led to discomfort. 
didn't feel great in yesterday's game, but is encouraged that he feels better today. He's pushing through and made sure to note, I'm still faster than Ty France. Of course, he would say that. Um, <laughs> I know that also injury recovery is not linear, right? We started off the show talking about that. Those core injuries, man. Like, I don't like hearing setbacks with him. That's... You don't like wrists. I think cores are the ones. I don't like cores Core either. injuries are the ones where, even in football, too, we keep it like, oh, yeah, he's going to be back. Oh, wait, something happened. Yeah, I mean, it just, they, they do tend to lead to, you're right, a lot of uh, a lot of setbacks along the way. Certainly Mitch Hanniger and a few others could tell you about that. It seems easy to isolate your wrist. You can't do much about. Yeah, the difference with the wrists and the fingers and all those is that you come back and you're just not effective. The problem with the core is you can't come back. And just when you think you're going to come back, you hurt it again. Because the moment you think you're good, you find out you're not. I think that's the challenge. Also, worth noting that Jared Kelnick smashed his head and neck into the fence last night, jumping for a uh, home run ball. He uh, stayed in the game, but I was a little little worried about it. Yeah, he hit his neck. Uh, Heck of an effort. He almost got to that ball. Um, Their guy's a little bit taller. Otherwise, Jared probably would have caught it. Their guy did. But, uh, you know, heck of an effort. Plays hard every inning. He does not take pitches off. And that's what we love about him. 100%. There you go. That is everything you need to know. We do that quarter past every hour. I I, I mean, okay. Here we go. What happened? Well, I, I said we were going to take some phone calls here at 630, but it's like the morning after Memorial Day. Everybody's kind of sleepy, right? Like kind of shaking off maybe their cookout from yesterday. As Morris said, all that cookout food. I mean, sometimes there are drinks that go with the cookout food, and I don't know what happens with those beverages. I don't know what kind of crowd you saw at, uh, at T-Mobile yesterday, Justin. I know you were working. Uh-huh. It's a busy crowd last night. I was out on Sunday night. I saw some uh, revelry in Fremont where I was. So, yeah, I mean, little Georgian draft. Dragon action. Oh wow! On Fremont. Didn't expect you to be there. Yeah. Well, we were at Revel, and then uh, ended up walking across the street ish and uh, going to the Georgian Dragon for a little while. Awesome. So yeah, just one of those nights. I love that spot. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, although I heard maybe some guy who looked like Ozzy Osbourne but young singing the worst karaoke I've ever heard. Like it was really bad, <laughs> and there's no one really paying I have, attention. I've not been there for karaoke. It well, can't they- be worse than Tom Sandoval. Well, I don't know. Yeah, it probably wasn't. You mean <laughs> what about Stacy saying? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was worse than that, but it was uncomfortable because nobody was really doing karaoke. Like it wasn't like a karaoke scene. It was just one guy singing karaoke by himself, looking like Ozzy Osbourne, but struggling badly. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's kind of a weird. I have that both ways on that. So, all right. So, I want to take some phone calls, but I understand that this may be a challenge for folks. So. Got to see if I can ask a good question. And I, I want to talk Mariners, right? I, wa- I think it should be really Mariner-focused. We're one-third of the way through the season, exactly. How do you feel about the Mariners? We're one-third of the way through the season. How do you feel about this Mariners team? Give me a word that describes how you feel about them, and then maybe where they're going, where they've been, et cetera. I mean, we can get into a little bit more depth, but... How do you feel about this team? It's the most basic question I can ask. 866-979-3776. 866-979-3776. How do you feel about these Mariners? And I asked you this during the break. Do you remember what the Mariners' record was this time last year? Do I remember? Yeah, off the top of my head, I don't. Because you could you guess. Well, I now know. So why don't you just tell us? 21 and 28. Seven yeah. games below 500 last year. And time. right now they are two games over 500? Yes. Interesting. The problem is... The AL and the division are a lot different. They are different, right? The Orioles are better. The Red Sox are better, right? A bunch of those teams are better. And obviously the Rangers are doing something different. We'll see whether or not it lasts. But yeah, I mean, you got to factor all of that in together. So how do you feel? 
How do you feel about this Mariner team? 866-979-3776. Going to need your help. My jaw hurts, so speak. Talk to me. We'll do it next. Brock and Salk, Sales Sports on 710. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. You plan this more? You plan this song as the answer to the question that I just asked? <laughs> One word to describe yeah. the Mariners so far? Good. That's better than Ezra said. They're good. Living with your aha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, you got to include that. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. It was good. So you, good. You mentioned you saw karaoke. Did, have I asked you? Have you sang karaoke? What's your If you had to. Oh, God, I sang it? a bunch of different karaoke songs over the years. What's your one, then? You know, my your be- most confident one. My best uh, for a long time, but it's now getting to be to a point where nobody even knows the song, so you can't sing at karaoke. At the time, uh, either Every Rose Has Its Thorn or Something to Believe In by Poison has Ooh, been a, a favorite. Well, I was shocked at the sing-along fireworks night. There's a family in front of me. Kids range from age 11 to probably 17, 18. Yep. Knew every word to every song. And that spanned quite the gamut of, of yeah you had the little aha era. take on me you yeah. had uh you had country, let's roads, see, country roads wonderwall they did beastie boys yeah, yeah. that yeah. was the best i thought the beastie boy one was pretty great with the explosion fireworks exploding <laughs> during the uh in between moments there was an abba dancing queen in there yeah there was dancing queen, queen right? yeah no it was good i thought dude fireworks are always great at, at t-mobile and that was a lot of fun on on friday night even after the loss uh it was still just sort of a, a fun vibe and it is interesting to me, like, you know, you know, talking through the Mariners thing. And I'll see if I can get to some calls here in a few minutes. But, you know, when you when you when you do this job, right, and we read your texts all day, 866-979-3776, and then I'm on social media, right? I have to see uh, everything people have to say about the Mariners on social media, et cetera. When, when, when you're in this job, I would say you feel a lot of the frustration, and it's funny going to a game, and I was there Friday night. They got shelled. Not a good game, right? Kirby didn't have it. Bullpen didn't have it. They did score some runs, which was nice, and it was good to see sort of the ball just flying out of the park in general. But they got pretty well soundly destroyed by Pittsburgh in a game where you're like, geez, you lose the next one or two games here, and it's going to be kind of yeah, ugly. For sure. And I didn't feel any of that. I felt people happy to be at the ballpark on a Friday night getting ready to watch the fireworks. And I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, right? I mean, there are moments where that really disturbs me that it's like, hey, guys, like your team's getting their butt kicked out here. And this season could very much be on the verge in any one of these games. And it seems like people are whistling past the graveyard. And at the same time, it's also like, yeah. They're just having fun on a Friday night, and it's kind of great being out here in one baseball game. Result doesn't matter that much. And, okay, if you lose tonight, you go back and get them the next day, which is exactly what they did. And it it felt very, very healthy. That's so, a good way to put it. Yeah, because you're right. We we deal with majority of the toxicity of upset people who are a conduit because they come to us to vent. Right. And I like that. So if you'd like to do that, uh, I'm happy to listen to some venting, 866-979-3776. Or if you are excited about where this season's going, I I think that, and it's such a lousy word to use from a sports radio perspective, but I think that's the right word. They're good. Unfortunately, and Brock's not here at the moment to say it, yeah, but Mike, this team's supposed to be great. They're supposed to go good to great. And I think it's fair to say that right now they haven't done that. Their pitching has been great. Their offense has been mediocre. And that combination 
especially with what whatever you want to call it, bad luck, bad timing, bad fortune, whatever, and all the one-run losses, means that they've been good. And you have to pause before you say it. It's not just like, oh, how have the Mariners been? Oh, they've been good. No, they've been good. Yeah, you're right. Right? I mean, like, that's that's the only way, for me anyway, to describe how they've been. How have the Mariners been? Good? Yeah. Good. Yeah. We do have some texts coming in. Okay. Well, well give me give me a couple, and uh, we'll see if, again, it's so early for anybody to hit the phone. Like, <laughs> you're I, right. I know I, weekend. I wanted to take calls this morning, but I feel like it's just you asking just too much know. of people. Like, one day we... We opened it up for the Kraken after the season. We had a ton of calls at 6.30, but, you know, sometimes it is too early. 6.30 after a holiday weekend. Like, I don't even know whether anybody's working today. <laughs> I didn't want to be working today. I couldn't get the day off. I Like like John Clayton, I tried not to work today and was told that I had to. So, yeah, I, I understand sort of if people aren't quite in that mood What's yet. the text, Maura? Oh Read the text. Uh, 509 says, my jaw hurts, too. The word is inconsistent. Maybe they'll go on a tear now leading up to the All-Star break. I don't know, but I'll be watching whatever happens as long as they're on Root Sports TV or Fox or whatever is on my cable network. <laughs> there, there is an element <laughs> of unpredictability, I would say, to them, right? Like just when you and, – and, and some of that is just baseball. It's hard to predict this game. But it, there are moments where it feels like just when you're ready to like, God, I'm turning off the TV. This team is just annoying. That's when they come out and do something when you're like, oh, okay, well, I could absolutely watch that for 162 games. Great. And just when you feel like they're about to kind of go on their run and, and sort of become who they were always meant to be, there's like another obstacle thrown right into their path that they, they cause for themselves, and then they don't do anything. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know, man. I'm, I, I want to be out of the prognostication business, right, especially with this group. Just when you think you got a handle on who they are, it seems to be exactly when they turn around and turn into somebody else. 253 says, I feel uneasy about the Mariners because I think teams are beginning to figure out their pitching staff. Jumping on poorly located uh, early count fastballs. Was that just last night or was that also? Well, I think it was Kirby too, right? I mean, sort of twice over the course of the last few days. Maybe. It was, I mean, Judge, the, the first ball he popped up yesterday was a center cut fastball that he had just missed. Mm-hmm. Like he was pretty close to having three home runs yesterday. Yeah, that's true. But then there were also some some balls yesterday that were like, you know, I saw Miller make a couple of decent pitches and, you know, they fall in and then you get a ball that, you know, just sneaks inside the bag and another one that, you know, I don't know. They've they've there's been a little of everything with this team. I mean, there there have been days where I feel like they are a bit snake bit. And I, I don't I don't want to make an excuse for them by saying that, but I watch these games sometimes. It's like last night's a good example, right? Like a foot in either direction and on like three different balls, and that's a completely different game last night. But that's baseball, right? Yeah. I mean, like well, that's that's how the game goes. Breaks go your way in those all those one run games you've won over the last couple over the last years. couple of years. Yeah. So are you paying for all of that now? I didn't think I mean, they I hope would. That's not how it works. But. I really, I really didn't think that would happen to this team. Honestly, I really didn't. The combination of some of the learned behavior from those games with a bullpen that generally shows up in the moment. I really did not think that we would have that issue with this Mariner team. I, I did not see that as a as a real possibility for them. I thought that they would be pretty much how they've been. All right, maybe it would fall back to earth a little bit just because it was such a torrid pace. But to see them on the wrong side of it, what is it, 4-12 or something like that in one-run games? Like, I just didn't imagine that, that that, of all the things that have surprised me this year, that is a number one with I a I think bullet. that's why the walk-off felt 
like right. such a big deal on Sunday. And it's funny that it doesn't count as a one-run win, right? <laughs> it's a three-run win because of the strangeness of the way it happened. All right, I got a few folks here on the line. 866-979-3776. Let me grab Mitch, who's in Seattle. What's going on, Mitch? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, pretty frustrated with this team. Um, we, we, we have our chances. We're leaving too many runners on base in scoring position. We'll get a guy on second and third with no outs, and they're the only team in the league, it seems, that just can't drive them home. How do you know? Uh, they're, just I out of curiosity, how do you know they're the only team in the league? Do you watch a lot of baseball from? No, no, no. I, it, 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 it seems like it to me. Well, I, that's I watch a, a little that's bit a tough when it comes one. on TV. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I, it, it, what's frustrating is they're swinging at too many pitches that are six inches out of the strike zone and three inches off the dirt. Um, you know their their selection of their of their swings is just uh, unbearable to watch at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what I my personal opinion. I hate to see people fired, but I think the hitting coach needs to go because he's either not very good or they're not listening to him. Mm. Because they, it just seems like they have no concept of uh, what the strike zone is. And uh, I, I don't want to name names, but uh, there's a lot of them that swing at the outside pitch, three inches from the dirt. You've seen it yesterday, time and time again, and it's just it's it's frustrating. Well, there is no doubt they've struck out a lot more than than they should. I I don't know whether firing a hitting coach is going to change that, especially watching them over the course of the last couple of weeks. I feel like their bats have started to come alive. I mean, so so do you think the hitting coach helped Julio? Uh, I I couldn't hear it too well. You broke up on me. What what what's about the hitting coach? Well, I, I know you want to fire the hitting coach. Did you notice that Julio Rodriguez just improved his batting average by forty points after doing a lot of work with the hitting coach? Yeah, but he's he's one of, of eight players on that team that's consistently in there. You know, the rest of them. It seems like Kalenic is the only one that's got consistency. All right, well, uh, Rodriguez is coming around, but the rest of them are just you know it's horrible to watch them. They got so many holes in well, their but, lineup. But my point it's is, if a guy is watch. coming around and he's working with a with a hitting coach, are you sure the hitting coach is the reason that the guys are struggling? I, I don't know whether I'm willing to say that. And I, I don't know a lot about Tony Arnorich. I don't know whether or not he's doing a great job or not at his at his gig. But I, I do know that the modern baseball hitting coach doesn't tell guys what to do. Yeah. That's just not the job. And, I mean, I, I think people hear hitting coach and they think about being 10 years old and being told what to do. And that's just not the modern game at all. I mean, these guys are, as Brock likes to say, a collection of independent contractors. And they've got their own hitting coach and their own this and their own that. If guys are swinging and missing, some of it may be strategic. But some of it is just decision-based and, and challenges with the way the game goes. So I'm not telling you that the hitting coach is doing a great job. I don't know that he is or not. But I don't know that I'm willing to say that he's the problem, especially as it things like, seems like things are starting to turn actually in the right direction. 866-979-3776. Grab another call here. Let me go with uh, Sean in Tucson. Ooh, what's going on in Tucson this morning, Sean? Hey, good morning, Mike. How are you doing today? So good. It's about 90 degrees. It's a nice, clear morning. That sounds pretty awesome. um, I say uh, the AL West has improved. Texas is better. Los Angeles, uh, the Angels are better. It seems like our lineup is six deep, and we get those last three people. It's like automatic out. And sooner or later, our pitching is not going to help us much. No, we need need some hitting. And uh, everybody... Keep talking about last year. Last year is over. We need to get going this year. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I agree with that. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, they obviously do need to get going. However, what do you make of what Justin said? I mean, this time last year, they were, what did you say, five games, seven games below 500? Yeah, seven or eight. Yeah. They, they were seven games below 500 last year. This year, they're two games over 500. So, I mean, I agree. Last year is over, and they do need to get going. But I don't know. The sense of urgency, maybe it's not quite as great as people have made it out to be. I think I think the, the American League is just better this year, and, and they're just they're kind of just uh, kind of like waffling right now. I mean, win a couple games, lose a couple games, and once you think they're gone, then they don't go. Yeah, and you just get this, just get disappointed. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate the phone call, man, and thanks for uh, thanks for the call from Tucson, where it's already ninety degrees. That would be nice. God, the weather looked that up. Huh? Did you look that no, up? No, he just said that. Okay, I missed it. I, I know you're on the phone. Call, no, yeah. no, no. He said it was 90 degrees. I wish that I had looked it up. Like, oh, I could hang out in Tucson this morning. You <laughs> want it to be 90 degrees at 645 in the morning? Sure. Yeah. Why not? Wow. That's going to be a triple-digit day. That sounds great. That's I like triple-digit days. I was ha- very happy all weekend long with beautiful weather and all. It was just fantastic. Perfect. I loved it. Um, I think that there are uh, – all right, this uh, is the American League better? Do you think the American League is better this year? Yes. Looks like it, yeah. A little bit. It's a little bit better. But the Astros are not as good as they were. I know people are saying the Angels are better. They're better. I don't think they're good. I mean, it comes down to whether or not you believe that Texas is going to keep up this pace. And I don't. I could prove to be wrong when it's all said and done, but I feel like I've kind of seen this before from Texas Rangers teams, and I don't know that I buy they're going to remain this this good. Maybe they will. I think that pitching will struggle over the course of a year, and I think that, you know, they're okay. They're definitely better than they were last year. Are they going to win the AL West? I don't think so. I'd bet against it, especially if I got good odds. Like, I just, I, I would bet against them being able to keep it up. And if that's the case, you're sort of like one of those horses in a derby that's just sort of running around and keeping everybody in sight. Nobody's gotten away from you, right? Yeah, you've been inconsistent. Yeah, you haven't really turned on the Jets. The problem is, unlike in a horse race, there's no value to that. You're not conserving energy that you can use down the stretch. You're just actually, you know, kind of wasting some of these opportunities to make your run. So I would really like to see that happen at some point, but I don't feel like if it doesn't happen immediately, they're going to be in some trouble. Let me grab one or two more. 866-979-3776. We'll try Bryant in uh, Virginia. What's going on, Bryant? Hey, how you doing? Good. Uh, well, first of all, thanks for uh, hosting your show as early as you do. Uh, that works out pretty well for me on the East Coast, so I really appreciate that. Um, if I had one word to describe this team, I think it would just be frustrating. Um, you know, I spent a decade watching this team squander pitching performances by Felix Hernandez because they couldn't score runs or they couldn't score enough runs and watching a team lose 2-1 to one, um, during the Zorinzic and Bavese eras. Uh, it's bringing up a lot of bad memories. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it's just been it's been frustrating to have an elite pitching staff. Uh, you know, you basically have a couple of Felixes on your rotation right now, and and you're just not scoring the amount of runs that you need to score in order to win. So, yeah, frustrating, bringing up some bad memories. Just out of curiosity, where do you think the Mariners rank in the league in runs scored? Um, the last I. The last I saw, it was 
bottom third. Um, and I'm not sure if that's still relevant over the last week. As but, of this uh, morning, a couple weeks ago. the Mariners are 15th in baseball and run scored right in the middle. So average. Right. Yeah, average. And, you know, that that's that's, you know, not that far away from being 18th and they're not that far away from being, I don't know, 11th. I mean, that, that's that's how sort of tight some of those numbers are at this stage, a third of the way through the, through the season. But this idea that the Mariners are the worst offense in baseball and this and that, like, it was true. They were struggling. They have gotten better over the course of the last three, four weeks, and now they sit at 15th in baseball in terms of run scored. Is that where you want them to be? No. It'd be great if they were top 10. Are they capable of it? Yes. I would still look at it and say that they're not doing everything that they're capable of. I still think you haven't really seen Eugenio Suarez heat up. You haven't seen Teoscar Hernandez do what he's capable of. The only thing that's really changed is that Ty France had a couple of decent you know, nights in there. And, and Julio finally got hot. I can't believe no one's mentioned Julio. We're going to spend some time on him coming up a little bit later, but I'm surprised that with all of this, nobody's mentioned the fact that Julio Rodriguez is turning into Julio Rodriguez again. You want hope for the course of the next two-thirds of this season? Julio Rodriguez being Julio should be the biggest reason for optimism there is. The Mariners are 15th in the league in runs scored. 15th. Not 25th. Not 28th. 15th. They're middle of the pack. The problem here over the court, I mean, the games they've lost in the last week, wasn't hitting. Pitching gave it up on Friday. Pitching gave it up yesterday. Wasn't a hitting issue. Pitching issue. Pitching nearly gave it up on Sunday. Hitting saved them at the end of the day. 866-979-3776. Let me go to Jordan in Kirkland. What's going on, Jordan? Good morning. Hi, Mike. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, Perception and... Uh, expectation come to mind with this. I'm not pressing panic until the all-star break. This happens every year. You see teams that start slow. And if we're in range, like there's, they're young and talented. These guys are going to figure it out. and They're working hard. I, I have no reason to believe otherwise that we're going to be in the hunt in September. And it's exciting to watch. I'm just going to buckle up and hang in there because these guys are going to be, uh, I really believe they're going to find their stride uh, around July. And there's the, this happens every year. You see teams that, they're going to beat up on the A's. You see teams that start slow, and they, they find their way. So that's what, it were, that's what I'm hoping for. Well, I, I would tend to agree with that, Jordan, and I, I thank you for the phone call. Yeah, I think there's still a lot of reasons to be optimistic, and there are teams that start slow. I, you know, again, just waiting for it to kick in. Like, okay, cool. Start slow. That's fine. Now kick it in. <laughs> right? Like, kick it into gear. And I, and I do understand, Justin, I know this has been your sort of big fear is that at some point the pitching is going to be exhausted from trying to, you know, be so perfect, so fine and walk such a fine margin that by the time the bats show up, the the hit, the the arms rather are not where you need them to be. That could happen. I, I do think, though, that some of the some of the reinforcements which are on the way, especially in the bullpen, should help a lot. I mean, in the next, let's say, 10 days. This team should, and I'll put that in quotes because you never know, they should get back both Penn Murphy and uh, Andres Munoz, and they could add Prelander Barroa. So if you're watching right now and you're like, geez, 110, you know, started off great, but it hasn't really gone as well. Well, my guess is 110 is going to be here for less than 10 days at this point. Sure. Right? I, 
Now, you're going to have some interesting conversations if you want to get Munoz back in here. Like, who are you going to take out of this 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 uh, pitching staff, out of this bullpen? You know the name that I'm going to be focused on because I just don't – I keep forgetting he's on the team. It's Chris Flexen. So, all right, let's say Munoz comes back. Fine, you, it's Munoz for 10, for 10. No problem. Okay. Now, Penn Murphy's back. Who are you taking out? Sacedo? He's been pretty good. Topa, Gott, Sacedo. Topa's been great. Gott's been great. Spire's been great. Right? I mean, who are you going to take out of that pen? Not taking it, not moving brash. So you're not going to be brash. You're right. <laughs> so, okay, now I want to bring back, I want to bring back Penn Murphy, who has been good as well. At some point, you're going to have to make a call on Chris Flexen because he's not a reliever. And you're not going to use him in a high leverage spot. And if he's not going to start, what is he? Unfortunately, nobody else seems to want or need him. And he hasn't pitched well enough to make that happen. But I just keep looking at that going at some point that they're going to have to make a decision because they're going to need that bullpen spot for an actual reliever. They're playing one guy short right now. So maybe it's when Penn Murphy comes back. Maybe it's, you know, you, you, you're able to kind of go a little bit farther and then eventually, you know, when uh, when when you want to see Prelander Barrow, at, at some point you're going to have to make a difficult call. And I know there'll be injuries and, you know, other issues, ineffectiveness. These th- things tend to work themselves out. But it's just sort of been on my mind as you're getting closer and closer to that date that something like that is going to have to happen. All right. Uh, let's see. Thank you for the phone calls. Appreciate them from everybody. Good start to uh, to the week. We did hit the Memorial Day. The Mariners are certainly in striking distance. But for the first time, we are seeing the most important thing, the thing we've all been missing, and the thing that has the opportunity and the possibility of turning this team into the one thing we want, for them to go good to great. We'll talk about that next. It is Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710.